Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Inside Access with Jason Lockonfora and Ken Wyman. Sponsored by Stevenson University Online. 105.7 The Fan. The Super Bowl is set. Let's talk some football now. We go out to the WGK Law Guest Hotline. We're on the line as our Odyssey NFL insider, Mark Slareth. Insider calls are brought to you by Old Spice. Men have skin, too. And, Mark, thanks, as always, for joining us. Let's start here. Uh, the, the Ravens game plan on Sunday. We're, we're Sucked. St- we're still in shock. Just your thoughts on the Ravens' offense on Sunday. Yeah, it was awful. Um I like I I am not I don't understand I don't understand what ha- what happened I don't understand how you get away from your identity and what you do and in a game that is close in a game that's winnable that you don't get back to it that you don't ever you know you don't run the football you don't do what you do like one of the things about Lamar that makes Lamar so incredibly tough is his ability to threaten an edge and when you run, there's, there's several things that happen. When you run the read zone stuff, right, where the quarterback is even in gun and he puts it in the belly of the running back and he's reading a defensive end or whatever, you know, a linebacker, and if that guy squeezes and constricts, he keeps it on the edge. And, you know, if he hands it off, you know, uh, um, if the guy doesn't squeeze or restrict, he hands it off. But the other thing that that does to you with Lamar's ability to make – NFL players look like JV players. One thing that happens is you don't get constriction from the from the, the defense because they're so worried about Lamar keeping that ball and taking it off around the edge that your inside running game, even if you don't block guys, is exceptionally tough to defend because guys don't constrict on the backside safeties, linebackers. They don't because they're so worried about Lamar pulling the ball. And the fact that you did none of that, and then ultimately all the RPO games, all the easy throws that are created off that run, and and because your quarterback is that dynamic and because you're that big and physical and you just don't do it, like that makes no sense to me. And I was telling somebody, it reminds me, in, in 1996, I was playing for the Denver Broncos, and we're playing the divisional round of the playoffs. We're the number one seed. Uh, playing at home against, uh, you know, an upstart Jacksonville Jaguar mm-hmm. program. And I come home on a Wednesday, sit down to dinner, and my wife says, what's wrong? I said, we're going to lose. 
And she's like, what do you mean you're going to lose? You guys are the number one seed. I go, this game plan is, one, it's complicated. Two, they can make us check out every run based upon what they line up in. You know, it's this premium play thought process. Like, we're so much smarter than everybody else. We're always going to get into this premium play, which is a bunch of crap. And ultimately, Terrell Davis, who had 25 carries a game every single game, they limited us to 12, I think it was 12 carries for over six yards a carry because we checked out of everything. And we ended up losing that game. And that's how I felt watching this Baltimore game. Like, what are you guys doing? Hey, man, if I'm going to get my ass kicked, like, and, it's, and my ass has been kicked, if I'm going to get a kick, I'm, it's going to get kicked doing what I do best. On my terms. Yeah, exactly. And if it if it happens, then so be it. You know, that's they're better than me. But I am not. I am not going to let you beat me doing something that I don't do. Like it makes no sense to me. There's so much blame to go around. Uh, Todd Munkin, Lamar Jackson, but how much blame should go to John Harbaugh on this, Mark? Where he said, told a, a reporter at halftime, they want to establish the run in the second half. They didn't run the football. Yeah, no, it's it, um, you know I, I put I put it and I John is my buddy and I love him, um, but yeah, that's on that's on you. At some point, you got to you know yank it on somebody's chain and say this is what we're going to do. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's always funny because I get that all the time with Kyle Shanahan. You know, Kyle Shanahan when he was the offensive coordinator of the Atlanta Falcons, they're up twenty eight to three and he's still taking chances with it. Uh, well, he, he built a 28-3 lead taking chances with the football. At some point, your coach walks up to him and says, hey, dude, uh, right. don't run call that again. Right. We're going to run the ball because right now, time off the clock is more important than chunk yardage. So let's make sure that we possess the ball and we eat this game up and consistently put them under pressure. And, you know, again, Baltimore did none of that. The other thing I will say is – you know, you coming out there and puffing out your chest and taking a bunch of personal fouls and yeah. things of that nature, uh, sorry, but that's the defending world champions. They have won multiple championships. They have been to six straight AFC championship games. They have won, what, two Super Bowls and played in three, and they're going to their fourth. Like, you're not going to intimidate them. They're a damn good football team with the best quarterback on the planet. And, you know, I go back to what, what my good friend and colleague, um, Herm Edwards, used to say all the time. You're either coaching that or you're allowing it to happen. And at some point, you know, you've got to hold yourself accountable and pull your guys aside and say, quit acting like idiots because they're not intimidated by us. And, like, there's just so much, you know, you talk about the blame game. It's disappointing, and I understand that. And, you know, ultimately I feel like, the teams and the and the you know, coordinators and stuff that I talk to, you know, they all feel the same way. Lamar is incredible. He's unbelievable. But if you're going to beat Baltimore, you've got to make them into a drop-back passing football team. That's the only way you're going to do it because that's that of all his skills, that is the one that we feel like we can exploit the most. And it wasn't Kansas City that did it. You did it to yourself. Yeah. You played right into what everybody says, like, hey, if we're going to win, this is the only way we're going to win against Baltimore, and you allow that to happen once again. And, Mark, maybe the the ultimate irony 
is that Andy Reid, who when they re- finally ran him out of Philadelphia, right? It's because all you want to do is throw the ball and you won't run it enough. And, you know, he's there with Patrick Mahomes in the midst of a dynasty and he ran the ball 32 times. He played time of possession. Their last 23 runs from running backs went for 50 yards, 2.17. But he did it because there's an inherent value in it. I know it's not sexy, but he, he kept the other defense on the field. He wore them down. They didn't turn the ball over. He ran high percentage plays. And he simplified things for the maybe the greatest quarterback in NFL history where on a day it felt like the Ravens wanted their guy to play at a 502 Masters level. Yeah, It's it, crazy. It felt, it felt to me like you went into that game with something to prove. Like, we're going to show you that we can out Mahomes Mahomes. Yeah. Nobody's going to out Mahomes Mahomes. He's Mahomes. And and I'm 100% with you. You know, it it's so, it's so interesting. Uh, so – I have, over the course of the last several years, I've had a chance to be a consultant for a lot of NFL teams. You know, they fly me in and talk about the run game and talk about a lot of things, okay? So I'm with a, with a head coach, and I'm, I'm you know, run game, quote-unquote, consultant. And I'm sitting down, and the guy says, all right, you know, I brought you in here because I really want to, you know, I really want to pick your brain about that, especially the outside zone with the run game in general. And he goes, we really want to increase our, you know, our level. We really want to be better. And I said, do you? And he goes, yeah, that's why we flew you in here, right? Because we really want to be a better run team. We're going to focus on the outside zone. I said, but do you? And he goes, yeah, that's why we're here. I go, but do you really? Do you really want to be a good run team? And he said, yeah, that's why we brought you in here. I go, let me tell you what I hate about you. And he goes, okay, here we go. And I go, and this is a true story. This is a verbatim. I go, let me tell you what I hate about you. I go, you'll run it three times in a row for two yards of carry, and you'll throw your hands up in the air and say, we can't run it. But I go, your crappy quarterback will throw 70 incompletions in a row, and you don't even think twice about it. And I go, that's a problem for me. And until you start to understand the value of two-yard runs like Andy Reid, hey, listen, man, Andy Reid lost the Super Bowl to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because the Buccaneers were inviting him. Their linebackers were playing at six, seven yards depth. They invited them. They said, we'll give you six yards of carry, but you know what? You won't take it because you want to prove that you can outthrow us. We'll, we'll play that game all day long. And, you know, it's, it's one of those situations where, it, for me, it's, it is just as mind-boggling. You're not going to out Mahomes Mahomes, and, um, you know, and, and they out Baltimore Baltimore. It just is it, – it is it, – for you guys, I, I – it was frustrating for oh, me. Oh, it's something. It's got to be incredibly frustrating yeah. for you guys. Yeah. Big time. Hey, Mark, before we let you go, got to get your thoughts on the NFC Championship game. The Lions blow this big lead. Where are you on the Dan Campbell of it all and San Francisco now taking on the Chiefs? Well, I mean, you, you got to call a game to win it. Don't tell me it's what we do. The end of the first half, you kick the field goal. Like, you know, here's the other thing you got to think about. Like, analytics have ruined this game for me, right? Because. We're going to sit there and, and we're going to let some number cruncher tell us, you know, hey, man, th- this is where you go for it. Well, yeah, really, have you ever blocked a three technique? Uh, you know, have you ever, like, all the things that drive me crazy about that. But the bottom line, I don't know where we became points adverse. And the other thing is you kick a field goal in that situation. You know, San Francisco gets the ball back on the fourth, two, uh, fourth and two with seven minutes left, right? And they go right down the field and score. Well, you kick the field goal in that situation. You make the field goal, right? You extend your lead by seven. Then you kick off. There are two TV timeouts, right? There's, there's a 
six-minute gap where you've got zero momentum because of of what just transpired, you know, and the two TV time, like all that stuff matters. You gave a team not only momentum, but you gave them hope because they're not down by three scores now. They're down by one, and they drive right down, get a touchdown, and they're right back in the damn game. Like that stuff, that was, there were two bad, just two really bad decisions, coaching decisions that um, Dan Campbell made. And and I love Dan and I love what he's done, but those are, those are, you know, on the road in an NFC championship game, you've got a chance to tie it up 27 apiece and you go for it and don't convert. Just terrible, terrible decisions. Mark Slareth, thanks as always for your time, man. We really do appreciate it. My pleasure. You guys take care. Thanks. That was Odyssey NFL insider Mark Slareth. Insider calls are brought to you by Old Spice. Men have skin, too. T-Bone time coming up next. It's TMI with Tam. What you got? Uh, Ravens come up small again in the playoffs. What do they need to get over the hump? Is there a missing piece personnel-wise or... Is it just simply lack of execution, poor game plan, maybe panicking, like going back to the 2019 uh, playoff game against the Titans? We'll get into it next on Inside Access. Inside Access on the fan. Hot takes from the guy behind the glass. I'm in a glass case of emotion. TMI with TIM. TMI. TMI, my friends. Inside Access. 1057 The Fan. It's T-Bone time, TMI with TIM, and the floor is yours. We keep asking the same question. What needs to happen for this team to get over the hump, to get back to the Super Bowl? First time since 2012 season, and just put up a poll on IA1057, the fan on Twitter. Ravens came up small in another playoff game. Is there a missing piece personnel-wise that they need, or is it simply just a lack of execution slash poor game plan? And poll just went up, 60 votes in, but lack of execution is kind of the runaway. And that's where I'm at, guys. Look, the receiver position continues to haunt this team. and Underwhelming. It, it, it was... Zay Flowers and everyone else in that playoff game where, heck, you can go back to when Marquise Brown was here. It was Hollywood Brown and everyone else. I'm with you. Derek Mason and everybody else. They're still in search of that receiving core. Sammy Watkins. and (laughs) But that, that all being said, man, look, it was a damn good roster. And it was an extremely balanced roster top 10 in all the major categories that you're looking for offensively defensively third down efficiency red zone points per game they're top 10 in everything it just goes back to this this was their year for me and mark schlereth i mean he just laid it all out there and talking about the ravens game plan it looks like a team that didn't know what its identity was. And for me, you lean into the ground game instead of just having six carries by your running backs. Maybe Lamar Jackson leans more into his legs. We're not having this conversation about a missing piece. And no roster's perfect. That's why I go back to the receiver position. But 
to me, it, it was there. Yeah, the 53 he, was there. Here's my thing. I, I think it's even worse than they didn't know what their identity was. They were getting cute. They know who they, they are. Know who they, they know are. what works they, for them. And, and, and that's they much worse. They watched film all week of Buffalo yeah. running it down their throats. Yeah, I, I think it's worse because it, it's almost a coaching malpractice. They know what their identity total. is. But we're going to do this because this is going to be the – this is what watch, – watch, watch what happens when we do this. I, I said again, it looked like a team week one with the new offensive guy. Like, they didn't know. Otherwise, why wouldn't you have leaned into the thing that Buffalo did running for over 180 yards in that game, two touchdowns on the ground? It doesn't make any sense. And that's why, and this is going to be a vastly different roster next year. Heck, a vastly different coaching staff. You know, 23 impending unrestricted free agents for this football team. Uh, there's going to be probably more missing pieces on this roster next year. And I thought the one caller was a Cody made a good point talking about the 2011 Ravens where they did were able to run it back Mm. with the majority of that team where it's just not going to be the case with next year's team compared to this one. Oh, and by the way, is Cl- if, if, let's say hypothetically they bring Clowney and Vannoy back. Are they getting 18 no. and a half sacks? God, no. Look, I, I don't think it's doom and gloom for the future. No, like, I'm not saying. They're, they're, they're going to win. Lamar Healthy plays 16. Lamar, Lamar plays yes. 16, 17 games next yes. year. They're in the playoffs. They're going to win 11 or 12. Yeah. They're going to be in the playoffs. And then anything's possible. But we talked about it leading into this game. A lot of things fell in place for them. Not only say fell in place, they earned all. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. A lot of benefits. And they pissed it all away. By their own doing, 
from their own errors of commission and omission. Go to IA1057, the fan, to vote on that poll and multiple other polls, That's which several. we'll get to results later on. But coming up next, Terps coming off a massive win at home against Nebraska on Saturday. Chris Naki, part of the call here on 1057, the fan, joins us next. This is 1057, the fan. Playoff Bush. Sponsored by Charm City Circulator. Let us take you around Baltimore for free. 1057, the fan. Terps coming off a big win Saturday. Beat the Nebraska Cornhusker 73-51. Let's head out to the WGK Law guest hotline. Talk about it with our friend Chris Naki. Part of the call right here on 1057 The Fan with Johnny Holiday and Walt Williams. And Chris, thank you as always for joining us. 25 bench points. We don't see that too often, huh? Well, you're burying the lead a little bit, Ken. I heard it was 105-7 day during that Nebraska day. Did I did I not hear that there was a bunch of uh, using air quotes talent in the building from 105-7? Well, I know that. Uh, I, I, I mean, know I was there Jason with my kids, there. but I mean, we, we Sharky were, was there. That's we were talent. there. I love it. I love it. Yeah, it was a great win. It was a nice performance. Finally, Terps got something out of that bench, which has been a bit dormant uh, this year, and. Uh, Hopefully it's a sign of things to come. Kevin Willard has, has said all along he expected Jamie Kaiser to break out at some point in time. Um, we're also seeing similar play out of Jahari Long all of a sudden. Yes. He's sort of a Vinnie Johnson off the bench. The last three or four games he has been lights out, and it's certainly certainly welcome for sure. Yeah, that's where I was going, Chris. Jahari Long, the last three games he's been really solid, particularly from three. What is he uh nine three-pointers in the last three games uh what's flipped the switch for him uh, you know i think he's i think he's comfortable i think you know he, he he'd sat out a couple of games because he'd gotten hurt in practice and uh i think that when you do that as an older player i think you really embrace it when you come back in i think that's a part of it i think he's having fun he's uh you know there's not a lot of pressure on him he's a he's a reserve guard uh he comes in and uh, you know, there, there's so much attention being paid to Jameer Young that um, Jahari's going to get some open looks. He's just stepping up and making the making the play. And I've always thought he was, a, you know, a really good guy to have on your team. He's a willing defender. He's also a big guard. You know, he's every bit of six four. He's strong. Uh, he's fearless, and he he likes to play. I, I, he's a he's a great guy to have on your team for sure. How, I guess, good of a time is it for this schedule to kind of be quirky? And and they got guys off their feet against Nebraska, right, at a time where it looked like the bench was shrinking, frankly, and especially in a lot of these road Big Ten games. And to be able to get a lot of people involved in that game and then have a full week of practice before you have to go to Sparty, it just seems like at a time when people might be hitting the wall a little bit that this could be a real boon for them. I hope so. You know, it's... You can't control the way the schedule works. Sometimes, uh, you know, I'm. I think you're of two minds in a situation like this. You, on one hand, you want to ride the wave. Mm. You, know, you got a little. You got a little heater going. But it is. You're looking at February first, and and the the second half of January has always felt like dog days to me mm-hmm. during the uh-huh. season. Once February rolls around, you see the light at the end of the tunnel. The conference tournament is ahead. Uh, I think it comes at a really good time, to your point. I think, I think it, it comes at a good time and also comes before a really tough opponent in a very tough environment. And it, it might be just the perfect time for this kind of break. 
We're talking to Chris Knocky. It's inside access here on the fan. How shocking is it they win by 22 and Jameer Young isn't carrying them? Uh, like, well, it seems like it was the Jameer and the Miracles for a while, but he, he got a, basically a night off offensively. Well, I think Jameer has been saving the cape for the road games. Yeah. I mean, he has been especially lights out on the road. Um, yeah, it's nice that he got that kind of help. And, and it, I think that there was a nice little confidence boost for – for a bunch of the guys uh, playing as well as they did in front of the home crowd. I, they, it's hard to get over the sting of that Michigan State loss. You know, you fought so hard to put yourself back in the conversation in that game. You took the lead. It seemed like you had all the momentum going your way, and then you don't even get a shot off on the last possession. That was just absolutely numbing, that loss. So to rebound the way they did with a really good win on the road and then a you know, performance with an exclamation point with it, uh, you know, against Nebraska. Yeah, so it was a good week for these guys, for sure. Chris, something that was really impressive in that Nebraska game is, is the Terps dominated off the glass. I mean, Julian Reese, he had 16 boards of his own. Uh, they they were dominant. Yeah, and, you know, you also have to – and I know this rings hollow, in you know, after a ass-kicking like that, but it's one of those things where you – you know, you put it in perspective. I mean, that team beat Purdue, and they they beat Purdue with those interior players. You know, uh, mm-hmm. Nebraska did. So I think it says a lot about about Julian his development. You know, it hasn't always been pretty this year, but man, when he has been good, he has been really, really good. And Nebraska had no answers for him. I, you know, he, he used a couple of performances last year as a springboard to a really good back half of the season and i hope we see the same thing here down the last 10 games of the regular season are there things as a coach that you like you could try especially having this long runway here this week of practice to play with um to try to get these starts to be a little better to try to not you know because even in this nebraska game they didn't defend the three early and all of a sudden you know it's like geez they're trailing again now it turned out to be no problem but do, do you change your practice script do you go at the start of practice right into scrimmage mode and try to i don't know shock guy system because it, it feels like if they could eliminate a little bit of that and not have to chase games quite as much like we might really have something going here yeah, and, I, and that's a really good point. But I would be more inclined to tweak and change what you do on game day, okay, and the way you prepare on game day rather than what you do in practice. Uh, um, and I think maybe that's an approach that you take. Uh, um, and I don't know, you know, again, I'm not in the locker room before the game, right. and I'm not sure what everybody's individual routine is prior to games. But I would change up what you're doing on a collective basis because you're right. Uh, and, and, you know, to, to that point, too, I thought really one of the big parts of the Iowa game was the fact that they were only down six at mm-hmm. halftime because mm-hmm. when they have struggled, uh, you know, on the road especially, it's when they've gotten, you know, the avalanche in that first half. And now they're down 14 instead of six or, you know, five or six points. And five or six in a, in a game like that against a team like Iowa is very manageable. But you can't you can't continue to do that to yourself and expect to beat – you know, the upper echelon teams, not just in the Big Ten, but in the NCAA. Chris, the thing that's crazy is there was a time, and I'm thinking about that Indiana game, maybe the Purdue game, and losing to Minnesota, where things felt a little dire, but now here they are. They're tied for fifth in the Big Ten. The, the tournament is not an unreasonable possibility if they finish strong. 
Yeah, that's that's an interesting qualifier. That if you know they they've got to take care of business. They've got a, a, you know some. They also need to win games against teams above them in the net, you know, and in the the analytics. Illinois comes to town. That would be a great pelt. You know, that that win would be great. Iowa, same thing. Um, You know, you you really have to – Michigan State, again, on the road. Those would be invaluable, those kinds of wins to the resume. But you got – they put themselves in a position, Ken, where they got an awful lot of work to do. And the only way to to sort of – Get what you want is to get the pile up some W's here, and it's it's that time of year. Well, Chris, you mentioned the tough Michigan State game, first matchup. They play them again this weekend. How can they come out on top in the second matchup? Well, first of all, they can't give up easy buckets in transition. The first half was, you know, gave up 42 points to Michigan State. Now, they were as good defensively in the second half as they were bad defensively in the first, and they got themselves back in the game. You cannot give up transition buckets uh it's a it's a very guard heavy michigan state team but for the most part a couple of those guards are are uh, you know are smallish you know you can you can get out there and defend them you can be aggressive and physical out there um you don't have to worry about scratching back about doubling down too much so you have you know the turps have the wherewithal to be able to defend against this team but you got to go out there and do it and conversely you have to be able to score against michigan state i I don't think you're going to win this game scoring 58 or 59 points. It's more going to more, more going to be like 68 or 69. Terps and Michigan State this Saturday at 5:30. That means pregame coverage starts at 4:30 here on the Fan. Chris Knocky will be on the call with Johnny Holiday. Chris, thanks as Thank always you. for your time, man. We appreciate it. All right, guys, enjoy it. Thank you. Coming up next, we hit the hot corner, and uh, with the Ravens season over, now the Orioles get all our our attention. Oh yeah, and we realize, wake up! They've done nothing, and we have to discuss next year on the fan. Inside access. Inside access to the Orioles. Brooks, Cal. It's the hot corner with Jason, Ken. And Tim Barberlees. Sponsored by Home Life Roofing and Remodeling. 105.7 The Fan. Excited about 2022 and what's ahead of us and our chances. We're going to continue with the plan of building for this bright, long future in the American League East. And I think we're right there. I think that it's liftoff for this team. Well, liftoff uh, means different things to different people, I guess. As the Orioles, they did uh, go to the winter meetings and they signed Craig Craig Kimbrell, which sounded like a perfect deal because they expect to get Felix Bautista back next year. So a one-year closer deal, and they have other options if they decide to, you know, have a closer by committee, whatevs. But we were waiting for other things to happen here, and the Orioles have been involved talking to teams about making a trade for a starter. Hey, they could spend a little bit of money if they'd like, uh, but they've so far done neither. Okay. You have certain options in terms of how you want to build your team, um, and there are certain core philosophies that I think people can get behind within reason and that have proven to to work at least to some extent in this sport that does have disparate revenues and no real revenue sharing, certainly nothing close to football and no salary cap. You could, you could embrace being a small market team, which means you're always working 
And by working, I don't mean talking to people about moves. You're making moves. You're looking at potential Rule 5 log jams nine months from now. Like the race. You're proactive all the time. You're making Willie Adamas blockbuster trades in May. You're not waiting till scraps are still sitting around like general soreness at the trade deadline. You are moving and shaking, not talking and doing nothing. You can do that and survive. It's really hard. It's difficult. But you've got to be committed to it, and you have to be constantly massaging your roster, not allowing globs to form of similar players who are redundant in every way, shape, and form who can't all play here and don't belong back in AAA. Or you could spend real money. Or you could do something in the middle. This is none of the above. This is like trying to have your cake and eat it too. Like, it's not good enough. Trades are made in this league. Teams do things. They go out and risk something. You cannot be utterly risk-averse and survive on last year's accomplishments or what your computer projections say you're going to do. It doesn't work that way. And I hate wasted opportunities. And it's why the trade deadline I'll never get over last year. Right? And what could have been. You can't double down on inactivity. You might not like the price, but the price is the price. And you need to get better. The idea that everyone's going to be a year older and it'll be fine and we'll do well. That's crazy. People are going to get hurt. Pitchers are going to get hurt. Guys are going to get Tommy John surgery. It's going to happen. And you don't have the answers on the farm there. Not even close. And guys have sophomore slumps. It's not always linear. If it was linear, wouldn't the teams with the best farm systems all the time be three years later competing for the World Series every year? It doesn't happen that way. Do something. Make a real move. Lazardo. Turk Scooble, everybody's got a price. Babe Ruth was traded. Wayne Gretzky was traded. Don't tell me you can't get a starting pitcher. Juan Soto's been traded twice. You can't, am I crazy? No. You no. can't run a $70 million payroll and then make no transactions of note. And guy, you they got Tyler Nevin. You, you, mentioned, you mentioned the payroll. Just do this decade. 2020 last, 2021 last, 2022 last. Last year, 29th, and this year projected for 29th. And I, I see it kind of both. We didn't get anything. I mean, in, in terms of a move, in terms of an extension thus far, you're spending zero dollars. Right you're now. literally doing nothing. <laughs> yeah. You always do nothing. That, that's the issue. You're not going out in free agency and bringing in guys. Hell, they spent more in free agency last year. Craig Kimbrell's their only move at $12 million. Last year, they gave Frazier 8 yeah. who signed for 2 this year, yeah. and Kyle Gibson 10 And this idea that like time never matters, and we exist in this space where no one can force me to do anything, and there's no artificial deadlines. Where are all the at-bats coming for all of these players, all these infielders who are worthy of Major League Spring training at-bats? Where are they all coming from? I mean quality ones. I mean ones against people... In A games, not backfields against somebody else's minor league, you know, 
at Sarasota the because they're not busting anybody over yeah. to that side. You know, they're not doing the cro- The real guys aren't going across cro- uh, Crocodile Lane or Alligator Alley, whatever you want to call it. Like, seriously. Nah. Like, when is enough's enough? When is hoarding enough? When have you hoarded enough prospects? When do you finally feel like your stockpile is so legitimate? That you can move two or three real pieces to get something you desperately need to win a title. The Orioles arguably have the the best the the more the best farm system that baseball America's ever seen. They they're gonna have the number one prospect in baseball for what, three straight three years? Straight. And there's a shot they could have it four straight years if Sam Basayo is still here if he's not traded. But at some point, as Jason says, you have all these guys, and that's why it seemed like it made sense for them to make a move at the deadline last year, and now we still wait, and we wait, and we wait. and, and Or extend somebody. Colt Keith, yeah. the Tigers just did it again. Yes. These are teams that you've compared yourself to. Like, the idea that nothing had to happen other than Batista insurance between when you... Got ran out of the gym. He got humiliated by the Rangers. Like, it, that third game. I mean, your manager came up super small. Like, you got run out of the gym. Your inactivity at the deadline was like an egg thrown right at your face. And you've done... You, you've done nothing. Signed a 36-year-old closer. Hey, Keegan Aiken's back. Like... Maybe Always maybe the, the value's not too high. Maybe the people are going to make you pay a little different price because you've hoarded all your prospects. D- Danny Coulomb's back. Like, I'm cool with <laughs> all that. Jacob like, And these guys are great at what they're doing. But at you, at some point, you need to do what you admitted over a year ago, which is real moves to put a real team over the top. That's liftoff. And you know what? If you wait till June or July to do it, all those games you didn't have that pitching, they count too. There's no excuse not to get it done before you get to Sarasota. One legitimate trade. Maybe liftoff was Tyler Nevin. <laughs> that may maybe liftoff means something different in different places. Well, it's just you know liftoff just slightly off the ground. Yes. Right. Hey, if I mean, you get not, if you get air, yes, you're off. <laughs> Technically. And the real biting the balls about this is outside of the Soto trade, nobody's done anything in their division. No. Like, it's literally the Dodgers have monopolized the offseason. Justin just got, uh, Toronto just got Justin Turner. Okay, so they got a DH to replace their, he's not going to play much third baseman. So they got a DH to replace Chapman. That's fine. They they pretended they were going to get Otani. Yeah. It's sitting there for you. Do it. At some point, you got to cut the cord, and you've got to man up, and you've got to let some of these dudes fly somewhere else. Not the Cesar Paretos, not the Daryl Hernandez, the kids who have top 10 rankings, because they're not all playing here, and you know it. And you will start running into Rule 5 problems next year. And they're going to hold it against you at the deadline. They held it against you at last year's deadline, and they're holding it against you now. So bite the bullet and do something. And let's spend some money while we're at it as well. You got your lease. You got everything done. Let's spend some real money on some real baseball players. Hey, when we come back, Ravens just announced John Harbaugh, Eric DaCosta, end of season press conference Friday at 11. Our Ravens guy, Cordell Woodland. We'll talk to him about the AFC Championship game and also well, this press conference on Friday. Cordell joins us next here on The Fan. Inside Access. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, 
You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 